Welcome to episode one of the Recovering Christian Entrepreneur Show, where we talk about money, marketing, and your message. And um, this is Cam. I'm Cam. <laughs> and I'm Carla There Snow. we go. Yeah, last name Snow, first name Cam. Anyway, so we wanted to start this first formal episode. We already did a launch episode and kind of an introduction to who we are. If you missed that, go check it out. And um, this one, link is in the bio. So this first episode is kind of a deeper look at the story and the journey that we've been on. We decided to title this episode some variation of, um, I almost, my my business almost went bankrupt because I was afraid to question my faith. And this story begins, in some ways it begins in 2019. In other ways, it begins much farther back. And I think it would be good for us to give some background on how this all kind of happened from like the way back perspective. So this is a little bit more, this part's a little bit more about my story. Carla will add in pieces here and there. Um, but to give you the Cliff Notes version, I grew up in a really conservative reformed church. If you're familiar with theology and the theological spectrum, kind of over on one side of the spectrum, you've got um, like Pentecostal and charismatic. You might have churches and denominations like Assemblies of God um, or International House of Prayer over on one side. And then on the other side, you have reformed um, like conservative Presbyterian, um, Dutch Reformed, German Reformed, and um, I'm gonna go grab the dog. Yeah, there's probably some other like pieces. <laughs> it's fine. I'm the only one talking anyway. Um, there's probably some pieces there in how those fit in. But I grew up on one side of the spectrum that was very much like the very conservative side, and the theological tradition I grew up in was Calvinism, and. If you're familiar with theology, there's kind of Calvinism on one side, there's Arminianism on the other side, and I'm not going to go into all the theological subtleties of those things. You might know Calvinism from the acronym TULIP, which stands for, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. And we're not here to have a conversation about Calvinism, but for those of you who are Calvinists or grew up Calvinist, then you're probably like, oh my gosh, you just mentioned the tulip on a podcast. I just, I recognize that. So shout out to you, my brethren. Anyway, <laughs> so um, that's the tradition I grew up in and I loved it, honestly, for a long time. I had some really close friendships and I'm really grateful for the people that I grew up with, the relationships that I developed. Um, like for me, church was my life. Um, we went to, uh, we were at church all day on Sunday. All of my friends were at church. I was homeschooled and all of the homeschoolers that we were associated with, the majority of them were from that church. So like that church and church life was my life. And if you can relate to that, then I think you might be able to relate to some of the story that comes next. And um, I knew about around age 14-ish that I wasn't quite happy there anymore. I had a couple friends and it just kind of felt like, like it wasn't quite for me. I, and I didn't know what was going on, but that feeling persisted. I just didn't know what to do with it. So 
Q Carla entering the picture. <laughs> 2010. Swing okay. dancing in Sacramento, California. That's how we met. That's a that's a story for another time, I think. Yep. Um and we got married. We started going to this church. Um what what was that like for you? <laughs> <laughs> um for me it was it was pretty triggering. Um because for me, um, if you haven't watched the intro episode, I grew up in a cult that was extremely legalistic. And so for me going into going to his church that was very much in their traditions, it was very formal. Formal. Yeah. Yeah. I, it for me, it made me want to run the other direction. And for me, I had come out of this cult questioning, like, do a, like, what is this God? Like, why is he this angry God in the clouds? And then <laughs> coming into this church, it was like a different version, but very similar. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was. it made me feel more isolated because I had experienced God in such miraculous, crazy ways within yeah. my own life. that I was like, something is missing. Yeah. And I felt crazy. Yeah. Like super, like you'd experienced God in like supernatural ways. Yeah. And um, for me, I'd had like, I could point to like maybe one experience in my life where I like tangibly felt like a supernatural presence of God. But the theology of the theological system that I had adopted told me that that didn't actually happen anymore. Um, and that's so I grew up with a uh, this there was some aspects of that theological tradition that I feel kind of stripped away a lot of these supernatural elements of a supernatural God. And um, kind of like fast forwarding a little bit, like I one of the biggest effects And this is kind of where the conversation transitions into the entrepreneurial conversation Um, is that I was like an overachiever, um, golden child, kind of like um, I like I'd always grown up with people around me and in my community being like, you know, Cam, you could do anything you want. Um, Like you're smart, you're talented. You know, I was the debate club president in high school. Um, I was an Eagle Scout, like all of those kinds of things. And that's how I found my identity for a long time. And I was not really very clearly associated with failure, to be honest. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I had mm-hmm. kind of been used to things just being pretty easy. And when I left high school, I transitioned into politics at 17. I started my political career at 17. And from that time... If I wanted a job, I had network, I had connections, and I never really had to figure it out for very long. Um, and I kind of walked into every job that I that I had. It was easy for me. It also wasn't an exciting place for me to work, but I didn't know that until I had something to contrast to it. So two pretty comfortable. I was super comfortable. One might even say, dare I mention entitled. Um Yeah, yeah, that might have maybe possibly shown up in our marriage, but I'm 
pretty sure it didn't actually but mm-hmm. like i i guess i can remain open to the possibility <laughs> that it showed up in our marriage and um <laughs> clearly a joke <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm going to kind of like move through the story to where the entrepreneur listening might be able to relate so i started my business in 2019 after i'd been working with this company for several years helped them grow I've been on the core team and it grew really, really fast and it was an incredible place to be. And then it all ended really fast, kind of like the, hey, we're going to try and make sure you get you get paid this month kind of ending to that career. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I've been planning on kind of starting my own business in like December of 2019. This was May. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to like do this now. And Carla and I are like, you know what? This is the most exciting thing ever. We're real entrepreneurs now. We're on our own. We're going to be making 50K a month right off the bat. Hashtag adulting. Hashtag adulting. And because I'd been in a container where I'd been coaching people who were making 50K a month. And to me, they made it look easy. I was like, I can do this. And I can. But at that time, I did not have the emotional foundation to be able to do it. So what happened was we went on a retreat you and me, and we did the vision thing and we planned out our whole business. And the very first time that I remember like that something was different in me was we came back. It was the Monday after our retreat where we had just mapped out all of our offers, all of our marketing strategy, all of that stuff. And I was in a funk and I was in a spiral and I just felt this incredible oppressiveness inside of me. And I remember we had an assistant and she just kind of kept looking at me being like, okay, Carla's telling me that we're doing this, but like, you don't seem like you're on board. Cause I was just completely shut down, like completely shut down. And that started to cause some problems in our relationship because I was like, just functionally not there anymore. And so kind of what was happening for me is that I was experiencing what I would actually call anxiety for the first time in my life. And I had no, like Carla had told me about her anxiety in the past, but I could not relate to it until now. And I was like, oh my gosh, because it felt like my body was telling me that any moment I was going to die. And everything felt incredibly dangerous. Everything felt unsafe. And so trying to make a Facebook post where I offered something that put you know, in my mind, like, what if somebody rejected me? What if somebody said no? Reaching out to strangers and starting conversations, not even selling things, just starting conversations was all of it was incredibly hard, like stupid hard. And we kind of we called this episode, like I almost bankrupt my business because I was afraid to question my faith. Like I kept doing the things that I'd always known to do, reading my Bible, praying every day. Um, Check. Check, 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 go to church, talk to the pastor when things were hard, go up to the front and get prayer. Um, all of these things. So do you have anything to add to any right now? Or are you just want to keep going? Yeah. It's to summarize when we, what happened is we, planned our life in our and we allowed ourselves to vision and look to the future and just be completely open yeah. 
yeah. to that just dream dr- to just dream yeah. in that vastness which directly conflicted with your view of yourself and what you deserve oh my gosh and so the coaching episode <laughs> <laughs> vision planning caught like was kind of like that spark of once oh more a confrontation on deep down your feeling of unworthiness oh man and it kind of like tri- oozed out and trickled into every aspect of your life relationships and business but it was all under the guise of something else yeah and wow i had never thought about that of when we did that vision planning we said like we set this goal of we're going to do i remember what the goal was i think it was probably half a million or something like that we're gonna do half a million the first year and we set a standard for who we were going to be Mm -hmm. and then i stepped into my life and the person that i actually felt I was, and the person that I believed myself to be was, I believed that I was a sinner. I believed that I was unworthy of anything except for hellfire and damnation. And I believed that the only reason I had any worth was because Jesus had died for me, whatever that meant. And at that time I had no idea, but I knew it was something I was supposed to know. And well, in contrast for me, It was like a, oh, that's how I'm viewed. Well, screw you. I'm going to prove you wrong. And for me, the visioning, like I latched on so intensely of like, I have to do this, that that also fractured and created so much sharpness Yeah, where it was like a must do masculine energy that just completely just blocked me off from my own uniqueness, from my own power and yeah. my own identity. Because for me, I, the core, like the core lie I believed was that I was unlovable. And so for me, I believed that stepping into this new person, since I loved it, I believed other people would love it. And so it created this sea of bitterness between us and our business partnership, our marriage, and so many other things, because it was, for me, it was like, I needed this to be loved. And it was an absolute disaster. Oh, yeah. It was an absolute disaster because I was crumbling because I was crumbling under the weight of what I did not know at the time. I was crumbling under the weight of all that bad theology that I'm a sinner, unworthy of anything except for hellfire and damnation, all that stuff. And so to say that I deserved to make half a million a year or 50K a month or whatever it was, whoa, that is not the resume of someone who is a worthless worm. And it didn't fit. And then as I crumbled under the weight of that self-imposed pressure and Carla tried to step in under her own triggers and trauma patterns to like get her to do her thing, it didn't work. And as she said, like sharpness, and that's what it was. It was like our marriage shattered and we were being cut every day by Mm -hmm. all the pieces, our marriage and our business shattered. Our whole life just shattered. And there were several things that helped the shattering at that time. There were several traumatic events. Definitely a lot of catalysts. Yes. Like God orchestrated this. We can see that now. But like the same month that we started our business there, I I lost 
every significant relationship in my life. And when I say every significant relationship, apart from Carla, like, I mean that. Um, I mean, apart from my family and Carla, so my apart from my family, every significant work relationship, my best friend circle, and the entrepreneurial mentors that I had set up in my mind, all three of those groups in separate instances blew up and were no longer available for relationship at the same time I was starting my business. And it was absolutely the most painful time in my life. Absolutely. It was hell. Like it was absolutely awful. And that experience was so necessary because it began for the first time in my life, it began to produce some questions, but those questions didn't really uh, um, like those questions were like being formed and marinating, but I was too afraid to ask them. They Way kept coming afraid. up and you were like, boom, no. absolutely not. And so kind of no. the title here is like, oh, I bankrupted my business. So what did I do? I started investing in coaching programs. And my first one was a 30K program. And I bought their uh, $11,000 sales retreat. Uh, but this was late 2019. I bought the sales retreat in January, 2020. And then the world shut down. So it never actually happened. But within like less than a year of starting my business, I'd already invested 40K into the business, trying to fix the problem we just described. It had nothing to do with the business, but I invested in a marketing strategy. I invested in mentorship to build my offer. I invested in like systems for lead gen and none of it did anything. And gradually the the financial pressure was growing and growing because I really, I was doing things here and there. It's not like I wasn't doing anything, but I was not making 50K a month. I think at that time we were probably bouncing between 10 and 15. 15 was like, oh my gosh, we're made 15K this month. Um, kind of like bouncing around in that era. And then 2020 happened. And I don't just like, yeah, the pandemic happened, but the pandemic was a catalyst for <laughs> story for another time. Great change. Yes. Great change. Um, so the story, the story continues and and as you said, like I could, we could do a whole episode, maybe we will, just about the experience of 2020. But the long pressure cooker, the pressure, pressure cooker. cooker, yeah. The long story short was that all this time, in order to cope with all that anxiety, I had been watching more and more and more porn. And for the first time in our marriage, because it, yeah, it had been a a thing, and I talked to her about it here and there over the years. It was never very fun to have those conversations, but this time was different because this time I knew I couldn't stop. And so I had stopped telling her entirely. And from the last time that I kind of mentioned, Hey, I might have a problem with porn to like the next time was over a year. Yeah. Yeah. And then that conversation happened and we'll, we'll go into that another time. But, um, what are you feeling into this conversation right now? It's, the investing in our business wasn't the thing that caused everything to crumble. It was the reason behind because it was just throwing money at a problem that we didn't understand. You did, yeah. 
yeah. didn't understand it all. And because each one of the each one like every single program that helps you build your business and every single pillar of business with the six pillars are so vital. Yeah. And and technically we we made our money back. I eventually yeah. turned that ROI. We had a 30K month. Um so I kind of like made all my ROI in one month. Um but like yeah. we were we were doing business, we were doing things, but the point is that we were doing this investing to solve a pain. And the pain actually only grew. Yeah. Yeah. The more we grew in our business, the more that pain grew yeah. and festered to the point where all of a sudden it was like we kind of just like stopped and was like, we freaking like we hate our lives. We can't do this. We can't anymore. do this anymore. Like, what are yeah. we doing? And <laughs> and that that moment actually took like another year. Oh, totally. To get to. Yeah. Because it's interesting, like we can do the highlight. We yeah. can do the highlight reel for you, but trust me, this was not just a subtle yeah, flip no, it on. took a long time. Definitely. Lots and lots of investing to put these pieces together. Yeah. Um, and something through all of this is um, well, there's a lot of things here, obviously. Yeah. Just like, whoa. The part of that experience and so many other experiences that we personally had and in our clients is the the understanding and the realization that business problems ultimately start with the problems within you. Yeah. And when I say problems, I I apologize. <laughs> I shouldn't say problems. The outlook and the belief systems within you were because you're not broken that's why i need to retract the problem statement because you're not yeah. broken there's nothing wrong with you there are just pieces that yeah. are in your identity that is yeah. not actually you yes. it's not actually part of your identity it's just a belief system within yourself that you have believed to be true whether you know it or not yeah. and part of it is a something is missing feeling part of it for cam is like i the next thing shiny object said and will make me feel worthy yeah will make me feel worthy yeah. for me it seeing all of this it was um well lots of codependency as well in the amongst like it yeah. and um the barreling head on without wanting being afraid to question yeah because we were afraid of the answer afraid of the answer totally uh, terrified of the yeah. answer because what if we ask the question of like is my theology harming me and the answer was yes and then the answer beyond that was like we'll throw it all out and then suddenly instead of having a broken theology i had no theology and i would rather have had a broken theology than no theology because I wasn't willing to give up Jesus. And I thought I had to, if I started asking those questions. And I want to come back to something, because you actually uh, said something that was used to be super triggering for me. And it's this idea of um, what you said of like, you're not broken. Because for me growing up, I was. I was taught that, no, you are broken. Mm -hmm. And American Christianity, a lot of us came up with the belief system that you are a horrible, awful sinner. And that you need 
Jesus, otherwise you're worth nothing. And that, so for, for us to say like, you're not broken, it's like, oh, that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> you know, there is none righteous. No, not one. I know that verse by heart. There's none righteous. No, no. You can't tell me that I'm not broken. I know I'm broken. I know that I don't, none seeketh after God. There's some King James in there for you. And what I would say, and here's a reframe for you. And if you're ready to receive this, I pray that you receive it and just run with this. American Christianity, Western Christianity starts the story of the gospel at the wrong chapter. It starts it at Genesis three and not Genesis one, because Genesis three is when things go crazy. That's when things start to get messed up. Genesis 1 starts with God saying, I made this and it is good. And it is good. And there's that refrain over and over and over. It is good. Your basic nature, the truest thing about you is that you are good. Sin is the thing that came in on top of it and corrupted it like a cancer. And if you mix those things up and you think that you are the cancer, then you're you're going to have a world of pain and it's a world of pain that we lived and walked through. And if we can help you avoid that in your business and navigate to a successful, impactful business that doesn't involve all of that pain, then like, hallelujah. But I just want to point that out. And we will talk so much more about that, that concept because it's true. You are not broken and that does not negate the necessity of Jesus and it does not negate the power of the gospel. So not what we thought, which is not what we thought. We thought we needed to be broken in a certain kind of way in order for Jesus to have value, which is really messed up when you think about it. Like I need to do something terrible for God to feel like he's doing something that's impactful. (laughs) That's like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, But kind of like picking up the story and and kind of wrapping some lessons into here is um, that year in 2020, the year that we made 30K in a month, the the month, sorry, that we made 30K in a month, uh, that was the hardest month of my life because I was forced to reconcile with the fact that the problem was not money. And I was like, well, as soon as I make this amount of money, double my income, triple it, whatever, then we'll be fine. (laughs) And I made more money in a month than I used to make working a year in politics. And suddenly I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't understand, but I just basically, I was so depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I just kind of like showed up to those client calls that I'd enrolled and did my best and people got some results, but I probably would have been much better if I, it probably would have been a different situation if they're working with me now. Um, obviously, because my skill set has evolved quite a bit, but it was, it was a breaking point for sure. I hired another coach that summer, um, which was an investment for um, so many reasons. It was a powerful coaching relationship. And I think I extracted a 10th of the value that was available because I was still operating with a lot of these belief systems. But in October of that year, we were finally able to come back together as a partnership. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if the, how, how much we weave the rest of the story 
into this concept of like the investment and the bankruptcy. Um, because then we get into 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh-huh. There's so lots of stories. Like I said, we've, we've had a lot, we've lived a lot of life and we're still very, very young. Yeah. Yeah. We're young. We're young people. We are. I'm 20. <laughs> Carla is no. 18. I, yeah. <laughs> Either of these things are true. <laughs> uh, how about add like a add decade a decade, and a half. literally a, no a decade. You're 28. Remember oh yeah, that. I'm yeah. 30. Right. We have two kids, and we did get married at nine. You were 19. I was 21. Anyway, that's all on the side. Yeah. Side notes. Yeah. Side so note. for all of this, I feel like this is technically part one of this story. Yeah. Um. Because this is a pretty big topic and there, if you're watching this and you have already questioned your faith and you've already pieced out with what you believe, um, or you're questioning or you're feeling lost or you're not questioning, you're just like, what the heck are you even talking about? And like I said in the previous episode, more of a curiosity or just yeah. like having a place where it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm challenging those core belief systems because that is not inherently wrong. Mm. There's nothing wrong about challenging core belief systems. Even if your body tells you it's unsafe. Even if especially. your body, especially it just means that the area in which this the literal space, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, the little space that you're doing it in, um, there's something in here, there's something in it um, that you're not seeing, or there's not someone that can help guide you. Mm-hmm. So we would love to help guide you, whether that is jumping into our Facebook group. Yeah, the Recovering Christian Entrepreneur Facebook group money marketing and your message you can find that at bit.ly slash recovering entrepreneur and that is don't come if we're going to debate and just try to prove a point prove a point yeah we want this to be an open honest community where for once in our lives for like for once in your life you have a space to come to where you can ask questions and not fear and yeah. without the fear yeah. of judgment. And the specific questions that show up church, your church experience may tell you that it's not safe to ask these questions in church, or it may tell you that you, that it is safe. Maybe you grew up in an environment where these kinds of questions were open, but there's a specific set of questions that arises once you start the entrepreneurial journey. And there's not a lot of spaces of being able to work through that. Yeah. Navigate it. And navigate those questions of, um, I just made more money than I've ever made in my entire life in a month. And now I'm questioning everything because I don't feel the way that I thought I would. And like those things that, you know, doesn't necessarily fit into the church potluck of like, man, pastor, I don't know what to do. I just made 30K and I'm more depressed than ever. Like those are 
odd questions to ask in a church. And so we're cultivating a space where you can ask those questions and have that discussion. Um, feels like we're kind of like wrapping up this discussion here. And so I think as a kind of final lesson, um, like this idea of like, we almost bankrupted our business because we were afraid to question. Um, I think the most powerful lesson that I've learned in this journey is that fear has is like the opposite of faith. And so if I'm afraid to question my faith, then I'm all, that's already an indicator that there's something to pay attention to. And there are so many nuances to the entrepreneurial journey. And as you're growing your business and seeking to create more impact and do offers that feel more in alignment with your calling, um, you're going to have to ask questions that feel uncomfortable and feel unsafe. And I think the biggest encouragement that I can give you, and it's, it's a concept that I just clung onto. And it's the only thing that I think like saved my life. And I think I might mean that in some ways, literally is God is big enough for those questions. And I walked into a room at one point, it was a personal development thing and everything about it triggered me. I was like, this is not of God. These are not church people. They're doing some weird stuff. I don't know. Is this okay? I'm doing something that's wrong. And there was just a piece and a message that came through for me. And it was like, well, you know what? If I believe that God is who he says he is and that he, that I can't lose my salvation, Whatever, whatever that meant to me at the time. If I, if that's true, then he holds me in his hand and I don't hold him in mine. Then I think I can let go of what I think I believe for one weekend and just see what happens. And that was huge because it showed me that God is big enough for all of the questions, no matter how, how disruptive they may seem to you. No matter, no matter what, he's big enough. Even if your conclusion is like, ah, God's not real. He's still big enough for that. He's bigger than that. Any, yeah. any closing thoughts? So many, but uh, we're going to wrap this up. And um, yeah, we want this to be a two-way conversation. So even if there's something that we say that you firmly stand against um especially, especially <laughs> we want to welcome you and have that conversation yeah um not to like convince one another because that's not what we're here for we're we're not here to prove a point no. we're here to help support you in your entrepreneurial journey and to support you as a person for us we are legacy changers and we want to help you through everything also change your own legacy through breaking generational curses or in, in accepting generational blessings and yeah. accepting so much of who you truly are. Yeah. And totally. yeah. Yeah. And you're not alone. Yep. So tell your friends who are entrepreneurs about the Recovering Christian Entrepreneur Show. Oh, it's tell them free. About the Facebook group. Yep. And I don't um, know if mentioned that. And yeah, if you want to work with Carla and I or explore like what it means to work with us, um, you can always just find me on Facebook or shoot us a message or post in the group. 
Um, and there will also be a link in the show notes um, if you want to explore what that could look like and going much deeper with these kinds of conversations in a way that actually adds some ROI to your business. So with yeah. that, boom, boom, I don't know what that was, but we'll see y'all later on the next episode of Cameron and Carla. Yay. Okay. Bye guys.